Star Trek Discoveries and hiatus, but that's okay. We're going a little bit of a rewind, talking about episode 10 of season one, Despite Yourself. And I got myself my dope homie, Nikki Bailey, in the studio. But first, word from our sponsor. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand, and we'll boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I think they're back. Please welcome Captain John. How's it going, hey, man? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for having me back, Flobo. Yo, the whole people stayed over the jump. It was great. Had a black alert. It was great. You're <laughs> back. I'm back. Another week, Commander's Love. How you living, sir? Oh, man. Uh, I, I tell you, it's, uh, it's so good to be here and not yeah. out there in the world right now. Because, uh, you know, when people are watching this in 40, 50 years, uh, this is during the COVID pandemic. Omicron chapter. <laughs> the first six pandemics, not the, not the, not the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> not the later ones. You guys are digging. Uh, right. So yeah, I'm. I'm just. Oh, man, I'm just so thrilled. I've been. Uh, yeah, I, I've been really looking forward to this one because this episode is amazing. Well chosen. Well, I love this episode for another reason because we have a special guest in the building. You may have seen her at After Buzz. You may have seen her on the stage talking about the improv comedy called Fetch Comedy. You know it's going to be even bigger if you can check it out some of the past performances. But currently on that black cast with that Star Trek review, please give it up to the divine, the ordained Nikki Bailey. Hey, Flava. Hey, John. Thanks Hi, for Nikki. having me. Hey, hey let's go ahead on. Uh, you know, we were just talking about Star Trek, and we said, you know what we need more of? Tilly! This is the T Tilly stand club. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we love Tilly. Anytime there's more Tilly, I'm happy. So, yes. <laughs> Never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. For those of you following along, it's the uh, 10th episode of season one. Uh, despite yourself, the first time we see the Terran universe uh, in Star Trek Discovery, but I got to put it out there. Discovery is my first ever Star Trek. This is the first time I've ever seen the Terran universe at all. So I want to pick this one because it was a trip and a half to know there was a whole other universe inside universes. But Nikki Bailey, before I get to all that, before I gush about how awesome Discovery is, uh, overall thoughts about this episode, watching it back after seeing where season two, three, and four have gone. You know, there's so much I forgot. There was so much that I, I, I forgot about Lorca. I forgot about Captain Killy. I love Tilly as Captain Killy. I think she is just amazing and wonderful. And it's such a great opportunity to see these actors do stuff, do their characters, but do them in a completely different way. And to be able to flip the switch that way is just phenomenal. This was one of my favorite episodes from this season. And, and I'm really glad that we're talking about it today. Captain John, you know, you know how I feel about Star Trek Discovery. How did you feel oh, about yeah. this one watching it back uh, after so many years, after so many seasons of intergalactic travel or decades? What was, 
Yeah, yeah, decades. I mean, uh, I like a 19... I think I went back uh, it, it through my history, and I'm pretty sure I started in 1970. Oh, wow. You... Totally grown up adults were not even alive then. What? I, uh, I, don't, I, I wasn't. Your boy was born <laughs> in 85. <laughs> right. So um, I uh, I remember looking at the show, especially the Mirror Mirror episode in uh, Classic Trek, in uh, Original Trek, TOS, those old scientists, as they say. TOS, what's that? Uh, uh, I can't. They... Um, they had this uh, one episode, and it was a one-off in original Star Trek. And I was one of the many fans who was like, "Whoa, my mind is blown! A mm -hmm. whole other universe of Star Trek!" And the fact that the different Trek shows, the really excellent ones, uh, mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine and Enterprise, uh, these shows have brought it back, but late late in the run like right. season four season three season i think actually season four season four uh and then right. we're in season one of yeah. discovery yeah and it's been going on all along as we find out um i don't want to i don't want to give away any of the give away everything it's been years baby when when we find out that uh captain Lorca was always from the mirror universe oh yeah Oh, yeah. I loved that. So uh, this to me was like, hey, we're going to give you a really great meal. Would you like to start with dessert? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Always say yes. Ooh, nice. <laughs> dessert one and then dessert two. Uh, yeah. So again, for those of you who are just new to uh, Manders Log, because I have it on Twitter and everything, Discovery was my first ever experience with Star Trek. And so to, to John's point, when for me, when I think I start to captains, I always think of Walker first, which is really weird to long term. Oh, that's Trek hilarious. Fans. Oh, yeah, Walker, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's Trek, great. Whatever. I love uh, that other point of view, man. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's people think I'm an alien, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're a man of the future, is what you are. Because I, I skipped 40 years of canon. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, Nikki's in the here and now. But what, yeah, she is. We give it all to you, folks. <laughs> What what threw me off though about this whole concept of the mirror universe was that everyone was like, "Here's a here's a story and let's go with it." I think so many of those like 1990s syndicated shows I grew up with that were not necessarily Star Trek would be like, "Sir, it's a whole other universe." Dun dun. To be continued. It's like, hey, they're hailing us. My man Bryce was like, "Hey man, make a decision." Hey Tilly, you Killy. Oh my goodness ah, me, ah. Nikki Bailey. Let me ask you: seeing the Mirror Universe season one, was it was it as mind blowing as it was for you as it was for me? It was kind of like, whoa, it's just too fast. What was your thing going? It wasn't too fast. It was it was a a, a wonderful familiar throwback for me. Mm. It was mm. like it was like, oh yes, Mirror Universe in this. In this Star Trek series, hell yeah, bring it on! <laughs> I want to see what this is like now, you know, because we've had we've had all these experiences. I don't think the Next Generation did a Mirror Universe. Uh, they didn't. Uh, episode, you are correct. But are but correct. that we've had the op and I didn't watch Enterprise because ew. Um, <laughs> okay. But, okay. Okay, everyone. Sorry to cut you off there, Nikki, but everyone always says that about one series. Either it's Voyager or Enterprise. I was like, oh, absolutely. that one. Absolutely, totally yeah. legit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Everyone has that one series they didn't watch, but uh, but yeah, Enterprise for me wasn't wasn't it. But Deep Space Nine and their Mirror Universe stuff, like there there was so much there, and so for to to get to go back to that for me 
was so exciting, especially with these characters that we don't know that well yet to yeah. see yeah. what they do and who they become when they're on the mirror universe side is really fascinating. And I love it. Good point. Christian Blatt, friends of the show, says the mirror universe allows for so much exploration of what if, like Marvel, mm -hmm. and it can really enrich the character development with our version of the characters. True, because when Absolutely. Discovery went back in season three, I was like, yo, oh, whoa, uh, Taron Owo was pretty badass. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, Absolutely. How um, about Bryce? The like crazy drugged up Bryce. The that's knife my guy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my guy. <laughs> all right. So so this is the first time blows my mind. Mine's blowing all the time. Uh, it is kind of weird, not weird, but interesting to see how things look visually in season one. I mean, before Pike was like, no holograms, y'all. Like just seeing it classic. Um, I also thought it was kind of interesting. They explained the way that new people got it. I understood it, which I always give season one credit for. They really did a good job for, to bringing this up to speed of what it is. But the reason why I asked about this episode we're reviewing was Captain Killy. Uh, the reason being is that I had forgotten how season one Tilly was so adorable. Oh, and yeah. having to go into be an assassin <laughs> like that was yeah. one of the most fun things to watch. Nikki Bailey walked me through this. Captain Killy, baby. Captain Killy is the best mirror universe character by far ever by far. because by far. because she's so <laughs> tilly herself is so quirky and so weird and so chatty and and lovable you just want to squeeze her and just, just, just she's so lovable yeah. she's so lovable that to then have her be in the mirror universe as this sort of bloodthirsty captain with this really sharp tongue is really it's dynamic and great writing and great performing uh yeah. performances of it ah, they look like such babies her and cobra look like they're like 12. Don't they? yeah they look so young yes i mean it's only been a few years right it's only yeah. been like four or five years yeah. since that was space shot. ages you bro it really does you know? oh <laughs> well, we know through a lot <laughs> some stuff uh I have Killy is noted as the Slayer of Sorner Prime and the Witch of Warner Minor, which is interesting because I looked them up on Memory Alpha. And they're like, no, it's so badass. It only applies to Killy, which I thought was pretty awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They only they made those up oh, just, just, just for this role. Um, uh, uh, John, we mentioned this on our star sister show, Starbase 80. If you guys don't watch Starbase 80, that's when we go back and do a deep dive of the older versions of Trek, which I have seen so many things of. of Trek lore, which I love and have learned to appreciate, like two bigs. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the USS Defiant makes another appearance here. And I wondered this on Sunday. I was like, is this a ship that always gets in trouble? Is it a red shirt of a, of a ship? What's going on with oh. the Defiant here in this one? Oh, that, yes. I, I agree with that. Um, the Defiant is one of these um, sort of overlooked elements of uh, what creates the crossover. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I love that. I love that we can go back and see it and that it's used as this, um, you know, this fixed point for all Star Treks. It's really, really interesting. Of course, if you're a Deep Space Nine fan like we are, um, the Defiant is a name given to that um, incredible badass ship that Captain Sisko has. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, this old school, it looks just like the uh, original um, uh, Enterprise, Enterprise A. And because uh, I'm pretty sure they just use the same model. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. But it's there. And it is also part of Tholian space. We learn that as time goes on. 
um, that in this area there's unstable space. I don't know. I know what Tholians are. Thanks to your show. Thank you. Thanks so much. I we we met some Tholians. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, just to plug uh, Starbase 80 this Sunday, we are going into A Mirror Darkly, which is the two-parter that Enterprise does. Really one of the best things they did on Enterprise. I don't know if you ever, did you ever catch that, Nikki? I did not. I, I, gave up no. one, I gave up one Enterprise almost immediately with that theme song. I couldn't. Oh, oh, I told you it was lame, song. John. I told I you. It's been a long road. It sounds like bad Christian pop. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you are we not all wrong. know Christian pop's a compromise no one ever asked for. Ah! <laughs> so, true. Uh, <laughs> so true. That's so true. Speaking of Enterprise, Nick, I'll ask you a quick question. I thought I have this in my notes. I understand trying to make Discovery work for the main continuity. Again, I'm learning about the timeline and how it forks off into Kelvin and stuff like that. Uh, I always thought that the uniforms for Discovery was a perfect bridge between Enterprise and their jumpsuits and then the original TOS. Am I just being too fashion forward or, did you, <laughs> or is that something that worked for you as well? It, you know, I, I didn't really have a, um, an issue with their uniforms and maybe it's because I didn't watch Enterprise. So I didn't have that as a, a comparison point. I just thought, great, these are just a different kind of uniform that, that, you know, that they, that they've come. I don't think, it, I don't remember it hitting me as a, a problem. I just, I can't, I can't believe it. the only person who hates Scott Bakula, uh, Craig, 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 Craig Robertson is going at Christian Blatt in the chat and says, come on, Christian, go easy on Voyager. The game was more Robert Picardo. Well, I'm not really sure about that defense, but I still maintain there's one series that people who, who don't like Star Trek always really kind of pass on. I haven't found mine yet, but I've only watched one episode of Prodigy and so far that hasn't wound me over. Uh, oh. but, but, but back over to, to Tilly real quick. And I thought it was pretty cool knowing what we know in season four, she does reference appeasing her her mom yes. even back then and that really yeah. threw me i didn't catch it the first time obviously but now i'm like oh my gosh long-term storytelling nikki let me ask you this man i was got a cool nugget of information little easter egg now that we know that tilly's mom was a nightmare uh it puts in it puts tilly in perspective in so many ways so and 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 this sort of lovable like you know i need your love and i need to give love tilly um oh. It's true. Isn't it right? Yes. So, so that it's version so of her, we now know, comes from this mother who was cold and distant and, 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 and pressured her too much. But I wonder, too, if that version of her mom is what made, her pos made it possible for her to play Captain Killy so well because oh, she sure. had such, a, such a, a terrible mom. I'm sure you're right. I'm 100% convinced that you're right about that. I, I love the turn back and forth. It was kind of like, how can I be more badass in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, she's, she's resisting, she's resisting. And then when she has to do it, it just comes right out. Right. Yeah. Cause it was just seen, well, not the scene, but it was discovered that, that Burnham and Lorca aren't on the manifest. And so they Burnham basically impersonates Mirror Burnham and has Lorca as like a hostage. And I'm thinking Michael's pretty good at being <laughs> at being a scoundrel there, John. What do you think? Well, this is early Michael Burnham. So uh, she is not uh, like a part of the crew. She doesn't feel like she's a part of Starfleet anymore because she was a prisoner. Um, she's regarded as a 
a traitor that's actually like in the previously um where uh <laughs> where tilly's saying like well the only female michaels i know are you and that traitor and oh wait are you the same person <laughs> smooth <laughs> classic tilly and um and so you know the what what we feel on on the actual discovery on the ship is um the alienation that michael has felt and and if you watch it now, of course you you forget about that. Like yeah, like Nikki yeah. was saying earlier, you you go back to this episode and you remember so much. Yeah. And part of that was Michael didn't feel like part of the crew. She felt, especially in the, in the case of the bridge crew, like she had betrayed them, and they never forgave her. And she still has to go through that at this point in the story. Really, <sighs> dynamite stuff. Yeah, man, evil Michael Burnham. Um. So I've been a fan of Star Trek for three years and two months, basically. And uh, I, I kind of get what long-term fans are about. Because when I go back to season one, I'm like, I remember seeing the scene. I was eating this sandwich. Ah. <laughs> I was on this couch. Uh, this is so great. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me uh, in this episode, I mean, we go back to that cramped hotel room in Italy overlooking the Mediterranean, so I couldn't really complain that all that much, was 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 Saru's ganglia. I forgot he was a wuss. Like, I forgot. Yo, Nikki, ganglia gang, you know what I'm saying? Remember that? And after Buzz, like, what was going on about? Just having been, ah. he was so nervous and skittish and all that? Yeah, I had forgotten about it, too. And I thought it was so interesting that the ganglia showed up seconds before Ash walked on the, walked on the, the, the bridge. I didn't and make that connection. And I was like, whoa. So so Saru, on some instinctual level, knew that there was something going on with Ash. Yeah. I thought it was about the universe, but now that uh, the alternate universe that they're in. But now that you mention it, Nikki, you're absolutely right. It was right as Ash was approaching. All right. And so that sense that, that he has of like predators are coming. Like, yeah, let's talk this about this, this Ash Lorel storyline. It, it definitely seems very season one. Sleeper agents, Klingons. Again, first time ever seeing Klingon. Of course, all Klingons are bald. Duh. Uh, <laughs> Ash has been merged with the consciousness of Vuk, and he is going through some stuff. John, I know there's only one episode we're covering, episode 10, but the, the arc of Ash being able to, or having him struggle with dispossession, even being told he's not himself. Uh, were you on board back then, even now, looking back a second time? I, I, you know, I remember how I felt back then um, because it, it uh, those feelings are still there, which is, oh man, this guy's doomed. This guy's <laughs> doomed. doomed. There's no happy ending here. He and Michael are not going to end up having space babies. This and, and this is not a good boyfriend for her. And I, I kind of like take that dad thing of like, I don't trust this guy. I don't trust <laughs> like uh, that instinct comes out. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, watching what he goes through, th this is what I love about Trek now. What they're doing with Trek now is they get super tight on his mm -hmm. face and they show you what he's going through. And um Sorry, gotta look. Uh, Shazad Latif is an oh, yeah. excellent actor. Man, I'm yeah. feeling everything that he's feeling. So, uh, while he's going through that, and it is kind of messed up because I was one of those people. You're you, you're nice about it, Flobo. I'm not. <laughs> I hate the Klingons in this version. 
Oh yeah, everyone else does. It's cool. Why even <laughs> call them Klingons? Why even call they should be? I had no thing. reference. This is the first time I've seen them. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I've seen a lot of Klingons. I liked them all until now. Slam on the brakes. But you know uh, what's funny? Like I actually, I actually bought these Klingons, and then I saw Worf. I'm like, I can take Worf. He's a skinny dude. This is crazy. And everyone's like, How dare you say that? Sacrilege. Like I didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. Why are you cocky, Taryn? <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, uh, yeah, I tell you, um, I'm really happy with how they um, are are pushing to the end of the Klingon storyline, and um, and what they're doing with Ash, and what they would end up doing with Ash, I, I think is going to be good if he is going to be in the Section 31 show that we know so little about. Well, that yeah. would make me super happy. That would make me feel like everything paid off. Craig Robson, I got to say personally, Craig, thank you so much for supporting the show. He says. Love the ass stuff, knowing he was so bad, but seeing a struggle and stress with Colbert. Uh, I want to get to that in just a second, but Nikki, let me ask you this whole Ash Lorel thing, because they had a little bit of an interaction um, in the brig. I guess it's a brig. I don't know if you call it the brig, yeah. but it seems like, like the, the, off, the black site brig inside the ship. Is Lorel someone you think is a tragic character because you've served the role, or is she really antagonistic? Is she really a baddie here? You know, I think it I think it depends. I think I don't know if you can call anybody a baddie necessarily. We know we know that uh I mean, Lorca was. Well, okay, Lorca's Lorca's just bad. But but <laughs> you're right, you're right. True. But what I like about this though is that is that she No, she's not bad. She's she's trying to get her lover back. Like I'm 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 very committed to finding a reason to to connect to the character. Yeah. And I connect to this this her her lover has been, you know, transformed into this sleeper agent. She wants to get him back. She said the words, he didn't come back. Um and and I don't know. I feel like I remember I remember watching it the first time and feeling like um I what's her name? Lor Lor I forgot. Lorel, I remember feeling like Lorel's just a sister trying to get her man back. <laughs> For the makers of Stella, I got a groove back. It's Lorel yeah, getting her man back. Lorel's just trying to get her man back. Um, well, and from her point of view, it was uh, the two of them, Lorel and Voke, against the world. I'm sorry, yeah. against the Empire. Right. right. So, yeah, I totally get that. There's a love story there, and it's very personal. And that's that's terrific. That's well done. And that's supposed to be more important than Ash and Burnham. How dare you, Captain? He is not good enough for her. <laughs> so you probably say that. No Michael... book. So oh, so, oh, so we're all pro book here. Is that is this mm. a safe space? We're pro book. Oh pro yeah, book. very pro book. Yeah. Okay, I gotta make sure people sometimes say, "Hey, look, she found the only brother in the Space Empire Galactic to mess with." But I'm cool. I like book too. <laughs> I like my my TV version of Idris Elba. I like him. He's cool. <laughs> Clearly. Hey, we... We get lucky sometimes. I I found a great woman too. So I mean, look, it happens. Aww, oh yeah, now I'm just jealous. Thanks. I love all y'all with your relationships. I <laughs> 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 ain't mad. Uh, gave me Winter Soldier vibes to rewatch. Yes, yeah, yes, uh, yes. Ben and ben then Ben's a little good. later, there's the fight in the elevator. Talk to me about it. Talk to me. Oh my God! Well, that was crazy. That was crazy. I'm jumping ahead. I uh, I hope you don't mind. There's no uh, format here. <laughs> I really wanted to come down hard on Danby Connor. 
and why? Well, first off, he's like a a little wisp of a guy, and he's like got all this attitude, and then he tries to kill my girl, Michael, and then- Why you hate no wisp, yo? And, and here's the worst thing. Take a look at those scenes that he's in again, and just remember this phrase, Dollar Tree James Franco. Damn, and Dollar Tree charges you a dollar twenty-five now, man. Damn, (laughs) that was a flashlight. I won't lie. (laughs) I'm not going to do that to my mic. So, Nikki Bailey, is this worth the flashlight drop? Is he really dollars? No, I'm kidding. That's not the question. <laughs> no, what th- would you think about him? He seemed to be the only person that feels kind of off about the ISS discovery appearing out of nowhere. He's actually right, but he's the villain because of it. Yeah, he was an interesting character just to use um, to set up Burnham in the in, in her new role. Um, and And... You know, he had a little, he had, like his, the way he was standing when he first came on screen, he's like kind of tilted to the side a little bit. I'm like, dude, you're a little casual to be talking to Captain <laughs> Killy, aren't you? Like, who the hell are you? Um, but he was a, he was a wonderful, a wonderful vehicle to get us where we needed to go. No, that's a good point. Is it someone, is it weird for me to say maybe he didn't believe this ship came out of nowhere? That maybe the paint job of the redesignating the numbers as the ISS was kind of quick? I mean, is he wrong for being a little skeptical? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think he, I don't think he was suspicious of that at all. I think, I think he was concerned about maintaining his, his role as the captain and, and was in that very sort of, uh, you know, Terran mindset of, of you know, the only way that I can maintain power is to kill for it. And right. so, yeah, I, I think I don't think he was suspicious of her beyond that. Mm, fair enough. I, I do have to say, I kind of loved when, uh, so Burnham's talking to him and then uh, he's, he's kind of like sassy to her. And then Tilly as Killy, is like if someone talked to me that way, I would cut out their tongue and use it to lick my boots, which is a great line. <laughs> yeah, great line. and then uh, Connor is like, "Hey, girl, yeah. right?" <laughs> he was, like, my tongue he was out. like, "Oh, you're gonna talk to me like that?" Yeah, I, I just love that. Which mirror universe me and I can switch for a day? That'd be so much fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't kink shame. That, that to me was pretty good. I like that. Is it kink shame if you actually would die after doing it? <laughs> you know? I don't Everybody's judge. Everybody's got their thing. Everybody's Everybody. got their thing. Whatever it is. <laughs> oh, jeez, what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> moving on to, to the other side of the ship, uh, we actually are seeing uh, season one Cobra, someone that's become the conscience of discovery uh season yeah. four as being more of a counselor trying to do his medical thing and he's kind of dealing with stamets who's you know he's going through some things uh nikki the story between stamets and cobra is actually one of the more robust love stories in this entire show but yeah. as it is right now i mean it was kind of complex from the jump it seems i forgot that this was the episode where yeah. cobra gets killed and I had a little mini stroke watching it because I oh, was no. like, I was like, I totally forgot about this. Yeah. I I remembered that I remembered Stamets being, you know, in his like sort of catatonic state or whatever. 
but I, I was, I, it was like it happened all. It was like it happened brand new for me. I was so shocked Whoops. by it. I and and I was like, oh my god, no! And 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 I had to remember that he comes back. Like I had to like remind myself <laughs> that like this is not the end of him on the show. Like yeah. Yeah. I had to remind myself. Um, but I love their story. I love their love story. And 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 that Stamets had his one lucid moment to warn Culver that the enemy was near. I had forgotten that as well. And that yeah. was really well done, I thought. Yeah. I mean, rewatching that part was great because of that, because I felt the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never. <laughs> When when Colbert and Samus got together, I was always like, come on, Colbert, that guy's kind of a stick in the mud. But <laughs> over years of, of watching the show, it's like, yeah, sometimes you find someone that may not look like your complimentary partner or soulmate, but they work so well together. They they got to occupy the same space. But I, I, yeah, you're right. I had forgotten that he gets his next snap here. Uh, he goes through a lot. Cobra does, but even from the beginning, he was trying to be the primary caretaker. But yeah. Lorca says no, and right. it's one thing now knowing what we know. We go, is there ulterior motives or anything like that? But at the time, Nikki, let me ask you this first: Was he justified by saying, "Hey, look, you're too personally involved in this. You probably get somebody else." You know, I think that's sort of a standard medical thing that we that you know in our time, you know, that's something that that pretty common you don't operate on your your own relatives you don't treat your own relatives so i don't think it was wrong it necessarily but it does make me wonder about did lorca have some kind of underlying reason for that that given what we find out about lorca later what would that have served what would the what would what would the purpose serve of him wanting to keep colber from treating stamets and i wonder if uh if he wanted to keep him away from from treating stamets because perhaps he could have cured him faster which would have not given Lorca the time he needed to do all that he needed to do that makes a lot of sense yeah. hadn't thought of that yeah you? i mean you you've got Lorca uh we know that Lorca is from the terra prime universe that that is revealed and uh he is um uh, they got there I, I assume deliberately that's yeah. what i'm assuming now because Lorca knew that if he pushed stamus to make all those jumps that somehow they would connect with the mirror universe that's what happened um and uh yeah I, he doesn't want the i i assumed he didn't want the doctor in there because the doctor would understand uh it, it if he if Dr. Culber went in there really deep, he might find out that none of that was necessary, yeah, except to get to the mirror universe deliberately. Yeah. I you know, I don't have anything to back that up, but that's what I was assuming at that point. This what makes it so fun. Uh watching yeah. this episode again, I kind of forgot how big of a production the black alert was in season one. It was like black alert, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and and so having that fallout was uh one of the cool things about that. But kind of bridging what we we're saying earlier about Ash Last Volk and Cobra. Cobra is a real one, the first one to say. You know, something's a little off with you, John. Let me ask you this. He knew too much. The man knew too much. But this was the beginning of everything unraveling. That must have been a crazy situation to be like, as a doctor, my medical opinion is you screwed up. 
Yeah, yeah. And he's not chief medical officer. That's another thing that we have to remember. He's just one of the doctors. So mm -hmm. he can be reassigned. He can be ordered and bullied around by the captain. Um, here's my thing. I'm kind of jumping here, but here's my Trump. thing about the captain. Whoever trusted this guy, he's the most untrustworthy. And I'm just saying that as a Ravenclaw talking <laughs> about, um, oh my God, I have it in my notes. I felt bad, Ravenclaw too, but yet I support him. <laughs> Mr. Malfoy's, uh, you know, he's just... He gives off the bad vibes. On the he, other hand, yeah. How about the scene where he does the Scottish accent? So that was in my notes, and it's crazy because now it's a reference to something I get now. But at the time ago, oh, that Scottish accent was pretty thick. I hope they figure it out. I mean, again, this is the first time I've ever saw a Starfleet captain. I go, I thought all captains acted like this. I thought it was right. awesome. But yeah, Good you're point. right. So sketch. So sketch. I mean, this this guy is uh, very capable of deception. He puts his he puts the plan together very quickly. Uh, it's really easy to solve this crime going backwards. I yeah, I'm no I'm no genius. I didn't see this at the time. Nearly everything in this episode was a surprise to me, and mm -hmm. that's just good TV. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It was kind of quick. Nikki, he was like, "Oh, okay, we're the eyes of discovery. Let's do it." Like he didn't even hesitate. I mean, looking back on it, it probably was you know part of the plan. You know, I generally think of Jason Isaacs, who plays Lorca. He 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 always comes across as somebody that you should be wary of. Yeah. So, so you know, me in my Hufflepuff brain was like, oh you know, gosh. I don't want to think ill of anybody because because we 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 have open hearts and we love everybody. But he was a little, he was a little sketch. Like he, he was always a little like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get, something's not right with this guy. Yeah. Uh, if any Gryffindors or Slytherins in the chat, now's a chance to speak up because you don't yeah, have any Yeah, way in now. <laughs> I think that's hilarious, Flobo. You and I are both Ravenclaws. I yeah, it was weird because I hate reading. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're both, we're both, we're both Ravenclaws. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm only good at taking online quizzes. That's how I know. <laughs> I'm Wesley Crusher. Um, so, hey, well, do not, do not. That's what, that that was. Was. that's what it said I was. That's what it said I was. That was Wesley Crusher. Right. Right. Okay, as long as you're not making any negative comments about Wesley. I am seeing right. a fact. Well, as a, as a right. quiz. <laughs> uh, look. So looking back on it, and again, this is from my perspective watching the first time, I thought it was genius about having a captain that made decisions in the moment, but ultimately was found to be fallible and was removed from his post. Uh, for, I'm asking you guys as long-term fans of Star Trek, was this kind of like a cool retake of the formula or was this considered like out of bounds to see this happen as a long-term fan of Star Trek? Start with you, Nikki. Yeah, I I can't remember a time when another captain was was removed. Can you, John? I, I can't no. think of a of no. a time when that happened. So Yeah. No, I I can't. This is probably one of the most extreme what's going on with this captain situations we've ever had. Oh man, so cool. So cool, man. Again, 
I was alone in that in that hotel room. Um, so in my notes, I have uh, my favorite quotes of the week. I have two. One's from Lorca, where he goes, "Defy every instinct." I will put that on a shirt. That was pretty cool. Um, cool. But my my favorite exchange comes from my man Bryce, like myself, a chief communications officer. Uh, that scene where they're being hailed uh, many times from the ISS Defiant. It says, uh, "Captain, they're saying if we don't respond, we should be prepared to be fired on." I'm like, my man giving us the bad news. I respect that. Uh, sticking out, John, let me ask with you, was there one scene you particularly liked or if you were to clip it out and show a friend who didn't see that episode, will that really make six out for you? That is a very good question. I think um, I, I think I really loved the killing of Culber, even though when I first saw it, it was like watching a Friday the 13th movie and like seeing one of the people you thought was going to live get killed. Yeah. Yeah. That that absolute and I remember like screaming like I never do that. I never yell at my TV the way I howled like how freaking dare you. And of course my first fear and I I went back and did a little bit of research apparently this was a thing. That, oh, and by the way, this is a Jonathan Frakes episode, which is uh, that was a nice I thing, love yeah. them. Love mm -hmm. my favorites. Um Always. but there's Yeah. You know how there's this thing um you know like the it, traditionally in sci-fi the black people were always getting killed we do know that you know that, that. was always a thing You're uh, that. but they they were worried uh when they first wrote the story that they were buying into the trope of bury your gaze oh that's a right. thing yeah that's yeah, yeah. Thing. especially like the stabilizing character in in the couple gets killed so now the unstable guy is alone and it can only get worse i mean what so they actually told wilson cruz okay here's the bad news culver's getting killed but here's the good news you're coming <laughs> <What>? back <laughs> like they had it all planned right from the giddy up that they were going to bring him back um and they actually got in touch with glad and they actually like ran it past some people and said, "Wow, is is this cool? Can we do this?" Because they were trying to make sure that Glad didn't uh, condemn them or criticize them for Absolutely, it, knowing yeah. there was more coming. Which is so interesting that they paid that much attention to it. But when you've got somebody like Wilson Cruz, who I think is like one of the greatest actors on TV, honestly, and he's hot. He's and hot, is, and is a, is a, an icon in the gay community. Yeah. Very deservingly so. Very yeah. deservingly so. I, I, I got to tell you, if I had a transporter, I would have gone to that event where that guy was yelling things at him, and I would have transported myself right there and taken my big straight man fist and put it right through the guy's head. <laughs> Get off my friend Wilson Cruz, damn it. He's, he's one of the best. You show some respect. Uh, who yeah, ordered right. Starfleet beatdown? You? <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> How dare you be homophobic to my friend? Sometimes I the answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dickie, was there a scene for you that stuck out that you appreciated? You know, the scene that stuck out for me was the first time we see Tilly dressed as as her her mirror universe counterpart as Captain Killy. The first time we see her. Um, and she she says something like, "Let's go get these assholes," or something like that. Or is it, it's time to go get these assholes? And it's and and it strikes me for a couple of reasons. One, every time they curse in Star Trek now, it yeah. it shocks me just because yep. it's not 
it's just not a part of what Star Trek's always done. So it always is a little surprising. Yeah. But it was also surprising that that was that was Tilly's first um, her first foray into being Captain Killy was to use the word asshole, and it was so cute. It was just yeah. so adorable. Yeah, because shout out to being saying the word asshole at work. Uh, Craig, Craig Robinson <laughs> says Picard was removed temporarily as he had to go to a mission, which led him to seeing five lights, which I assume that happened. I have no idea. I'm a new guy. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm working on it, Craig. We'll, we'll get you to that thinking. episode eventually. It's it's. <laughs> It's not on my list, but we'll get to that episode eventually. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I what I, I I saw the first season of Discovery in that hotel room, and I was like enamored. And I came home, and and the former employer, Nikki, our former After Buzz, had this show opening. I wanted to do, but I was scared because I didn't know if the Star Trek universe would even embrace me, which is kind of ironic because King Roddenberry should embrace everybody. So like the fact that everyone's kind of like open and was like, oh, check out this episode of this series or skip this one. This one sucks. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Instead of being like, you're not a real fan. You know what I mean? So probably Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's great about Star Trek fandom, it is so big that the toxic fans can't take it over. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's and infinite dessert, in, infinite diversity in infinite combinations. That is what makes it work. And it's such a core value in Star Trek. The diversity is such a core value that the the Star Trek community really does. I I don't want to say pride themselves, but really does um, show itself to be as diverse as the vision that Gene Roddenberry had. You know, so. Yeah. And I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons that Flobo you were embraced so 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 much because and continue to be yeah oh. people and people people love the diversity but they also love I told you this before one of the things I loved about doing the show with you is because it was all new to you you had this glee and this joy about it that like <laughs> yes. yeah. I really mm. like that that people respond to so I think that that's that's one of the beautiful things about Star Trek in general. Gonna make me cry. And even though I say dumb stuff like, hey, isn't Jonathan Frakes a guy from Beyond Belief Factor Fiction? Ah! No one has canceled me yet. That's You're not wrong. That's <laughs> the thing. You're not wrong. It's, it's true. It's true. I, I didn't ask you if we could do this, Flobo, but uh, very quickly, I wanted yeah. to see if we could come up with other nicknames for Tilly in the evil mirror universe. Ooh. So she is already known as the witch of Warner Minor. Yeah. Uh, Right and um, the Slayer of Sorna Prime. Mm. This is one of the ones I had. She's the okay. redhead who'll make you dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you can't top that though. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't so sure about that one, so I also came up with she's the BBW making the DOA. <laughs> The the uh, Cardassian assassin. I have no idea. This is totally off. That's not bad. Coriando, you're now dead because I just said something that rhymed. I apologize. I I am loving the BBW bringing the DOA. I that that was cute. That was really cute. I love her. I love her. So somebody, uh, some toxic fan made a picture of her bigger. Like, uh, like, oh, this is what she looks like when she's seriously heavy. And I looked yeah. at that and I was like, hey, right. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, looks like, great. I mean, uh, shoot. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell me a good time. Um, Craig Robinson says, well, definitely love Tilly Basin. Killy and Tyler repeating the trigger words right up until he almost says his name. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that during very the tense. first time I saw it, I was like, 
sleeper cells, lame. But now knowing more about what Klingon culture is. So allow me to get in the soapbox real quick. I know we're about to wrap this up, but like seeing that the house structure of the Klingons and how they're not necessarily looking to kill people. They just want to go back to what they think their ancestral power was. It's something I can get into because most cultures, usually for minorities, have a royalty kind of lineage, whether it's with the Aztecs in Mexico or the kings of Africa. So, like, I understood that. So, them doing that was kind of interesting to see that, how that happened. But through this sleeper cell, added this like whole other wrinkle to things. So, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to be on that, that journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good writing. I mean, really, just bottom line, really good writing. And you can see it on display in the first season, which is amazing. Yeah, it just gets even better. Uh, shout out to the YouTube administrator who says, oh, snap, it's Captain John and Nikki B on the football channel. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, YouTube. <laughs> but it's not telling me I hope that's real. Uh, yeah, it, definitely, <laughs> it proves it's real. It says YouTube right at the top. Uh, Nikki, thanks so much for hanging out with us on talking about Star Trek Discovery. I know you do a billion and one things. Let the people know how they can see your podcast or hear your podcast, see you in other things. I want people to buy into the Nikki Bailey brand. Oh, thank you, Flobo. Well, you can see my podcast. It's called Fun, Faith, and Fuckery on Thursday evenings on YouTube uh, or Facebook. Uh, you can find me on my website at NikkiBaileyComedy.com. And you can find me on all the Instas, the Instas, all the social medias at NikkiBailey underscore. Is that wrong? <laughs> all the Instas. <laughs> Captain, Captain John, if he wanted to fly with Starbase 80 or all your other internet thingies, how'd they go about doing that? Um, I, I've got a, I've got a page on Facebook uh, and a uh, account on um, uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Weber Internet Thingy. Um, but you can catch us at Starbase 80 on Twitter and also Starbase 80. Um, we will be on YouTube. We will be on uh, Facebook this coming Sunday. 11 a.m. here on the West Coast. Of course, that's 2 p.m. on the East Coast with number one, best XO in the fleet, Flobo Boyce and I. We will be watching A Mirror Darkly, and that is from Enterprise. Two-parter, so for the next two weeks, and it's going to be so much fun. Uh, just as much fun as this? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. As long as I don't deal with Neelix anymore or Tuvix, we'll be fine. Hey, fine. You're, you're free and clear. You're free and clear. No Tuvix. No cool. Neelix, uh, yeah, but uh, Tuvix was a whole other thing. But we'll Neelix could make you a wonderful meal. So Pro get a replicator. Provided you're a vegetarian. <laughs> I went for Jordan Hesperat. All right. Uh, this is for me for Commander's Log. We'll be back here next Thursday at 4 p.m. It's going to be a party. Bring your friends. It's going to be great. But until next time, if we can do it, um, uh, live long and, and, and prosper. <laughs>